Anthony, wait, one's supposed to reveal my identity. Uh, scrap that. Uh, this is uh, Anthony and sitting right across from me via Zoom, as always, is my pal De Quincey. Hey, everybody, thanks for uh, listening. So, uh, you realize we're not doing the Nolan Batman, right? <laughs> Still, it, it's Batman, though. <laughs> yeah, um, you can tell by the Don't mind to- the scraggly voice. <laughs> Yeah, don't mind the nasally one of mine either. Uh, you couldn't tell we're here to discuss uh, 2022's The Batman. Uh, That's right. <laughs> we were both fortunate to see it last Sunday, you know, actually being out around the, the people. What, there like 15 people in that theater? Yeah, and you know, I'm actually very glad I went at, t- we went at 1030 yes. because, uh, it's almost a three-hour-long movie. <laughs> it was uh, almost two o'clock when we got out of the theater. Yeah, with like the thirty minutes of previews and an almost three-hour-long movie, it was uh, quite a morning, quite a day. Yeah. Oh, before so we start getting... later would have been crazy. Yeah. Before we start getting into detail, I just want to do whoop whoop. This is your spoiler alert. We will be talking about details of the Batman movie. Just want you to know right now, if you have not seen the movie, please stop now. Come <laughs> back later. I don't want anyone hitting me up later talking about how we spoiled it or ruined it or anything like that. Whoop whoop. Spoiler alert. There you go. You've been warned. Yeah. So yeah, man. Um, what you? How do you feel about the movie? What do you think about? It? I loved it. I yeah. thought it was incredible. Um, instantly, the top three Batman movie of all time. Ooh, top three. I had to think about, it. but um, so we like so we watched this Sunday morning, guys. Sunday afternoon, and uh. <laughs> Originally, the plan was to do the podcast on that Sunday, but you know, we didn't want to be like reactionary, so we wanted to give. It's like a good piece of meat. You want to let it rest for a little bit, you know, give some time. So we're here Wednesday night talking about it, and Anthony coming out hard. Top three <laughs> live action Batman. Yeah, because um, I think we both agree, Dark Knight is number one. Yes. And man, I don't. I need to rewatch some of the older Batman movies. Um, but I can't disagree with you. I would say this is the best Batman movie since The Dark Knight Rises. I mean, it's it's something that we haven't seen the Batman movie. It's a detective movie, so there's a lot more right. thinking involved than just Batman beating up a bunch of thugs and disappearing into the night. Although he does do that, I'm he has what were there, what were there three, four fight scenes? Because uh, there's one, yeah. there's one at the beginning, the main one at the end, 
the car chase where he's chasing Penguin. And I thought there was another one. Uh, you can kind of count the club scene. Oh, yeah, the club scene. Yeah. Oh, and the, and the police, the police chase when they're chasing through. Right, right. So about five action pieces. But, uh, you know, you think about, oh, there's only like five actions moments in a three-hour movie. What the hell am I going for? <laughs> but this is definitely um, a more nuanced take on Batman that we've seen before. It definitely, they uh, said that it was going to lean heavier on his detective side. And boy, how did they? Um, yeah. How'd and, you- and I like that. Good question. I was going to say, how'd you like to begin the movie? Because it just starts, it just, there's no like rolling credits or anything like that. It just pops up the Batman and then you just go right into the movie with uh, Riddler watching the uh, mayor. Yeah, you know, I thought the beginning was was incredible and it was, um, it, yeah, it really felt like a detective story because the way it started, the, um, the way he appears was frightening, to be honest. It was terrifying. And you know, when he shows up in the mayor's house and he's just standing behind him and the mayor doesn't know he's there for like a good 15 seconds, I'm like, bro. Man, he, I'm glad we're up against the wall. <laughs> he was doing all that hard-ass breathing in the beginning. I'm like, how do you not notice him? <laughs> right. And like, you just, a theme. Just, drinking your, just drinking your whiskey. Who the hell breathes so hard? Oh, shit, it's the Riddler. Yeah, the, if anything, the, the main theme of this episode or maybe talking point for you might be uh, um, noises <laughs> and, uh, and, and how uh, they go unnoticed, as it were. Yeah, because before we watch the movie, the title of this podcast is going to be Why Do Rich People Stay in Gotham? I like, I don't understand. But now it's got to be how, um, Gotham Did you must, hear that? No, no, Gotham must cause hearing loss. Like it must be a loud <laughs> ass, because no one hears the Riddler's loud ass breathing and people like <laughs> the Batman's shoes. He's got the greatest pairs of Tim's I've ever seen. Because <laughs> when he wants to be loud, he'll be loud as hell. Um, the first fight scene when he's walking through that dark corridor, running up on the um, that gang. I mean, he's coming down with the with the with the um, with the mug stomper, just boom, <laughs> boom, boom, and like, and when he he's like he he just whoops that gang's ass, and it's like I like how like um he's he's not at his full potential yet. He's still mm-hmm. learning, so he still has that. Like during fights, he'll still get hit. He'll still get knocked around, and his fighting technique is more angry than it's than like what we see from future Batman, where it's like it's more precise. Like this Batman, right. he's gonna hit you seven, eight times to knock you out. And meanwhile, like a more mature Bruce, he'll hit you three times, but you'll be out by that third hit, and it'll take like one percent of the energy that he's gonna use mm-hmm. when he's younger. And I like how they show it show the um just the raw emotion. Right. Yeah, it's very his you know fighting is very offensive it's mm-hmm. just very you know go just, go go yeah keep keep plowing through um and because you know considering he's not a big guy in the movie like uh, he it, it takes him a few more shots to keep going through mm-hmm. uh except for you know and and not 
uh, relying on that precision that you mentioned. Um, and, and I really like the, again, the, like with the beginning, it really felt like a, a detective story because mm-hmm. it, and it, yeah, because of the way, you know, it, you set up the Riddler and, and his actions at the start of the movie. And what I really, the best part of that, of the beginning for me was that really set it apart was the narration. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it really felt like one of those old noir films, you know, detective stories where, you know, the protagonist is, you know, talking about how rough it how rough it is out in these streets, you know, the city's dark and cold, you know, dark and gritty and grimy and the worst yeah. and the worst. And I'm, you know, am I even the only one that can stop it? You know, that, that can, you know, put an end to what's going on. Um, yeah, just just setting it up like that, like this is this is my story to tell you you people that are watching it, you know, wherever you are. Because narration comes because um, he's writing in journals, um, just detailing his adventures as Batman. Um, uh, Which, um, go ahead. you know, really points out how psychotic he, it, it, it's subtle to point out how psychotic he, he is as well as, as, a, as someone that takes on this role as, as, a, as a vigilante because it's really never talked about how, you know, all the, the, the types of villains that he has to face, you know, most of them are psychotic and out of their minds and, and, and dangerous. And it really goes unnoticed that, or, you know, how he's more similar to them than he, than, than he wants to admit. Yeah. And that's, that's one way because you'll see, that he's writing daily entries, these detailed daily entries. Uh, and it's only year two, as he, mm-hmm. as he points out. Later on, you'll see that the, the Riddler has thousands of, of journal entries, you know, that, that go back years uh, of his own psychosis and his own plans for, you know, what he has in store for this particular story. Yeah, so Batman's got to be looking like, man, if you know, one wrong turn, I could have been this guy out here, you right. know, murdering people and setting up car bombs and everything, flooding the city and shit like that. And uh, we're kind of beating around the bush, but like Robert Patterson, um, he did, he pulled off an excellent job as Batman. Yeah. Um, I wasn't that concerned, even though, you know, when he got cast, all it was, oh, he's a Twilight guy, blah, blah, blah. It's like, of course, anybody <laughs> anybody that likes money would have been the Twilight movies, right? right? Nothing wrong with that. Um, but um, he's really come into his own as an actor, doing small indie roles. And then, um, sorry. It's funny, real. though. No, no like, I was going to say he was in Tenet last year, but I, was it last year or two years ago? I don't, I don't know how time works anymore. <laughs> I think it was two years ago. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's funny because you're, you're basically pitting the teenage fangirl Twilight fans against middle-aged fanboys of Batman. Like, you know, uh, what are we doing here? Like, That's not a fight we want. I'm like, 
Yeah, we got enough problems. In the world. <laughs> yeah, we got enough problems with our fandom. We don't. We don't need Twilight friends coming down on us. Um, I really liked his um, what he did as Batman. His his acting as Bruce Wayne, it was more well, not more. It's very subdued, which mm-hmm. it it was understandable. You know, he's in year two of being Batman, like you said earlier. So he doesn't have that like rock star persona as um christian bale had in the nolan movies is is he hasn't built that up because you know um batman for all the tens of batman is his real personality bruce wayne is the mask he hasn't he hasn't fully created that side to shield people from his batman persona and showing that is only year and only year two is early hasn't built that yet i I like that. It was a nice so it was a nice subtle change. Like I know people say, oh, he's the emo Batman, but it makes sense. He's still he's still dealing with the tragedy of losing his parents. Even though, thank the good Lord, we don't see the shots and the pearls falling in this movie. Yeah, no more. We but, get it. <laughs> we know what happened. Yeah. Uh, and you know, you know, he's a young, he's he's supposed to be a young guy, and um some guys, some guys that are young, they deal with it and are outgoing and, you know, putting themselves, putting themselves out there and moving past it and, you know, taking a different route. And then you've got guys like him who are, as they, they, you know, mentioned in the movie, it turns it, he was a recluse, you know, mm-hmm. and some guys aren't ready to be in the spotlight. You know, there's children trying to figure out what am I doing? Um, what am I doing with myself, with all this money, with mm-hmm. this legacy? And he's, he's figuring that out by taking on the Batman persona, you know, at night. And it's letting him figure it out without really putting Bruce Wayne out there. Yeah. And I think he's figuring out because at the end of the movie, he says, Basically, he can't just be a vehicle of vengeance and justice. He has to be a symbol of hope. Right. So I'm really interested in seeing the sequel. If like that side of Bruce Wayne comes where he's like the philanthropist, where he's building things in in, um, Gotham to help the poor and Mm -hmm. being hopeful on that side while also being the the person who goes out there and cleans up the streets at night and gives people hope on in the daytime and the nighttime as Bruce Wayne and Batman. Right. And, it, you know, it, it starts to show like later on in the movie when uh, Selena Kyle is prepared to kill that, you know, that crooked cop, you know, mm-hmm. that you see that first instance, instance where he's like, no weapons. We don't do it like that. No guns, you know, oh, yeah, he cross said, that line. He said that the Gorgon earlier, he's like, he's like, I don't use guns. It's like, well, <laughs> shit, I do. Right. I, keep, I keep my nine with me. Jeffrey Wright, man. <laughs> I think we can take a minute to talk about the casting, everybody. Uh, I think the casting was perfect for this I, movie. There are no weak links in this movie. Yeah. From Jeffrey Wright as, as Commissioner Gordon, or as Lieutenant, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Andy Serkis as Alfred. Um no more Lord of the Ring movies. No more Gollum uh, roles. So he's got to start putting his, his real face on camera. It looks like between this and, and Black Panther, Black, Black Panther, you gonna see my face. <laughs> right. And uh, 
Uh, Zoe Kravitz is the Selena Kyle Catwoman. I had to stop myself from just moaning when she came on screen the first time. Good Lord. <laughs> that woman is fine as Seven oh, man. Sundays, man. And she played the hell out of the Catwoman. That was an excellent role. Um, there's only one thing I had to complain about. It seemed like she was like too into Batman too soon. Like maybe that could have been saved a little for a sequel. Sure. Or you know, as I'm saying this, I'm like, well, maybe she was just playing him because that kiss really seemed to be early. But, you know, as I'm saying it, I'm thinking about, hey, well, maybe she was just playing with him to get her, him to do what she wanted, which is a very Catwoman move. All right. That's a very strong possibility. Uh, um, and um, Colin Firth as uh, the penguin. Colin Farrell. Farrell, sorry. Colin Farrell is being uh, knocked out of the part. Uh, news just came through today that they're going ahead with the Penguin uh, series on HBO Max. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very cool. He's going to be reprising his role and I think also being an executive direct executive one as well. Um, uh, I really wanted to see more of his backstory, which we're going to see, and just like more of Gotham in general. Mm-hmm. Um. John Turturro was great as Carmine Falcone. Oh my God, he played the untouchable sleaze bag so well. Mm-hmm. Like it's such, it is such a one eighty from his role in the Transformer movies, right. <laughs> where he's like this lovable, like um, lovable idiot. Here he's slimy. He's all knowing, all powerful. And, you know, you get to the climax of the movie, basically, like. So what happens in the movie, so I guess we can talk about it a little bit. So the Waynes, uh, before they're murdered, they set up this fund, uh, what's it called? The Renewal Fund? Right. And they uh, have a billion dollars given to it, and then they're gunned down, and the money just goes up into the air, and the commissioner, the DA, um, Carmine, and also, who was the gangster? Moroni. Maroney. Yeah, they all get a piece of it. Carmine gets a little greedy, snitches on um, Maroney. Yeah, gets him locked up. Uh, basically, has all the money. And my coworker was talking to me. He's like, I want. He was. He told me, I wonder how many times that actually happens in real life, where there's a slush fund full of billionaires just to giving bribes and paying off things that we don't know about. And. I, I looked at it and said, more times than I would like to admit. <laughs> so uh, Falcone becomes the big guy in charge. Um, and also Catwoman is uh, Selena Kyle's daughter, mm-hmm. which causes all kinds of tension between them two. Like, I did not pick that up the first time they met. I didn't either. They, they hit it very well. Yeah, because the first time, like, she's running a... Um, basically surveillance for Batman down in the Iceberg Lounge. What's it called? The 44 Club? 44 uh, Club? 44 Below, I believe. All right. Yeah, yeah. and um, she runs into um, Falcone, and they kind of play it off like she's like one of his old jumps, jump off or something, mm-hmm. and she didn't want to talk about it, so like, oh, so you have a relationship? Like, oh, yeah, he's my father. Like, what? Right. <laughs> oh, nice little twist there. Um, I really like everyone played this for to perfection. Like, mm-hmm. 
it makes me so mad when I see movies like this and I'm like, you see DC, you can do it. And then they come <laughs> up with Suicide Squad or uh, Wonder Woman 1984. I'm like, <laughs> and, you know, I guess since we're, we're getting into the meat of, of the, the, the plot, I mean, what it all really centers around is is uh, the Riddler discovering all of this that has been going on for years. Um, he's revealed it to be a forensic accountant. Um, and you don't hear that position a lot unless it's like big time firms and funds like this. Mm-hmm. Um, like I work for a hospital and we have accountants and financial analysts um, but we don't have forensic accountants, you know, uh, it's a, um, it appears to be a much more thorough, um, position that, um, you have to, you have to be the most perfect, perfectly detailed person for that job. Which he definitely and with was. his psychosis. Um, it appears he is and he's so good at his job that he figures out what's been going on all these years and you know we talked about all the casting for all the the other players this was maybe the best pick this was maybe the best cast casting choice out of the entire cast Paul Dano as as the Riddler even with even as disturbed as Heath Ledger's Joker was, mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever been creeped out as much by this kind of this serial killer, this you know guy that is one step ahead of everybody. It seems, and he knows what's going to happen it, the whole way. It seems like because he's left, you know clues for the Batman, you know, that are specifically addressed to him mm-hmm. after the fact, you know, like um, after he gets captured later, like in the the the, the, uh, the last third of the film. Yeah, uh, I, real quick. Man, when he, when Batman goes to Arkham to talk to the Riddler and the Riddler's um, just, you know, the First, I really start talking about Bruce Wayne, and at first, it's kind of the, he's when Batman walks a room. The first thing the Riddler, Riddler says is Bruce Wayne. And it's like shit. Did he find out his secret identity? And it's like mm-hmm. no, he just he just envied Bruce Wayne because they're both orphans, but Bruce still has the money and the privilege to do whatever he wants. Right. And while, he, he, oh sorry, go ahead. Well, he makes it very clear that there's a big difference in what an orphan is and what. A real orphan is you know Bruce Wayne is an orphan in the sense that he had no parents but this Thomas or Edward Nashton is his name in the movie was a real orphan in the sense that he had nothing and yes. he was bounced around you know through the system well he grew up at that the um the orphanage that um What's her name? Bruce's parents, Thomas and Martha, basically funded. But once they died, the money dried up. So he talked about how they had the most shitty living conditions, waking up so rats eating on their fingers. And I'm like, 
you know how whenever someone gets hurt, you kind of feel that sympathy pain in your body. When you talk about rats nibbling on his fingers, my fingers start tingling. Like, no, no, thank you. No, tell what kind of disease disease you can pull up with. This is a disturbing image to Mm -hmm. to conjure up. So, like, his entire thing was justice, like righting the wrongs of not just individuals, individuals, but the city at whole. And I think that's the biggest theme of Batman. It's not just Batman. It's not the villains he takes on. It's the city. It's corruption. It's like, yeah, you can put Two-Face and Riddler and the Joker and all those guys in prison, but there's always going to be someone willing to take a bribe to Mm -hmm. get them out of jail or you know, look the other way while crimes getting committed. So I think an interesting story going forward is like, can Batman actually defeat the corruption that happens at the heart of the city? Can it be saved? And that kind of goes back to the Nolan movie where Ra's al Ghul is like, this city can't be saved because so corrupt. Mm-hmm. And, and you we- never really see a definitive answer to that question in all of the movies. In Shit, the in Mike the King comics. Movies. You don't yeah. see the answer. It's they're still going, you know. That's why every, they're still putting them out. Yeah, there's always corruption in City Hall and Arkham Asylum and the Gotham Police Department. And so the problem with like we people love the supervillains that Batman goes up against, but the problem that he faces and can't seem to beat is just people. People's wants, needs, and greedy um just greediness. The city is what produces these adversaries. I don't even think of the city. It's human nature. Like you're always going to want more than what you have when you have nothing. Mm-hmm. And if you're barely making it and someone offers you uh, $50,000 to look the other way and you have to do what you got to do, take care of yourself, your family, you know, someone's sick because the Joker went crazy and bombed half the city. You're going to do what you got to do. So even if Batman locks up all the prisoners and everything, I mean, not prison, but locks up all the supervillains and they never escape, can Gotham be saved? Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that's an interesting question I would like to see in the not only the comic books, but also in the movies going forward. Yeah. And I like that, you know, as much as of as, as much of a um, detective, you know, noir type style, you know, movie that it, 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 they, it was presented, it's still set in modern times. Like it mm-hmm. could very well be 2022 that this movie is taking place, you know. The only thing that and, wasn't modern was Wayne Manor. I, I loved that. That and, is old school, rich people, you know, wealth. It looked like they could have shot uh, Bridgerton in the back. Yeah. It, it, it really it, stood out. Yeah, it's a nice contrast. The, yeah, out of all the mansions that, that have been on screen, mm-hmm. from Michael Keaton to um, George Clooney to Christian Bale, um, the mansion was the most gothic looking we've ever seen and it felt like he, he hadn't been there and like right. basically it was just alfred and um uh, i can't remember the woman's name but mm-hmm. basically they were just care holders until he came back from his training and honestly it looks like the only place he he's like 
he goes to in that in the house is like downstairs to the bath to the um the back cave and maybe to um to the kitchen that's it mm-hmm. another thing that we should mention like this really felt like a um but again i'm sorry real quick like the the fact that it, it, it was um set in a modern time frame even with the the detective old school feel to it um I didn't mind the modern take on the Riddler as this guy that posts his videos to social media that is utilizing the technology that exists today to get his message out there to, you know, um, because it makes sense. That's what people do now. Yeah. You know, it wasn't uh, set in this world where technology and social media and things like that don't exist. Like it's very much a real concept that, that, you know, that we're living through. And, um, and, and I really like that this, this iteration of Batman, at least not yet, maybe, maybe it is later on down the line, but, mm-hmm. you know, this is a Batman that looks like wasn't trained by Ra's al Ghul, as we saw in the Nolan trilogy. You know, it looks like, and with the, the discussions that, him and Alfred had it, it felt like this is a guy that was trained by Alfred, you know, who, who they're going with the, you know, the former soldier, you know, probably some sort of British Royal soldier or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, who knows how to fight, who knows how to defend himself, who um, is, uh, was, was hired by this family for a very specific reason, you know, that he's, he's, uh, he coordinates everything, to a T and is distinguished and yet can kick ass at the same time if he needed. Um, and winds up being this protector of the Wayne's, you know, most prized asset, which is, is their son. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It really felt like he was the, the driving force behind um, the way Bruce Wayne goes about this this new uh, undertaking as a vigilante. And it wasn't just mystical shadows and, you know, nin, you know, ninjutsu and, you know, ninja techniques and things like that, you know, deception, the art of deception and things like that. Yeah. Cause it's Batman is more the art of I'm whooping your ass. Right. And it couldn't have been with those damn boots that you, you were mentioning. Thank you for bringing that up. Them boots were loud as hell during, <laughs> like whenever he wanted to be loud, he wanted to be loud. And the only person that couldn't hear him was uh Selena. <laughs> right. You were supposed to be a thief woman. How you why can't you hear him behind you? <laughs> He's he snuck up on her two times. One time mm-hmm. when she he was she was in um the mayor's office, uh mayor's home trying to get back her friend's ID. And the second time when she's literally still stealing thousands of dollars from gangsters. The one time you need to be the most prepared, Batman just slides up on you. Right. Uh Man, I had a train of, I was going to say something with that you were talking about with Batman and Alfred, and then you brought the boots and I just went on a tangent. <laughs> um, oh, um, but going back to you said like the Wayne's greatest asset, um, 
you can definitely tell Alfred doesn't want him to do this, but can't stop him. Mm-hmm. I, he loves him too much. And even when Bruce says, well, stop trying because you're not my real dad, you know, I really want to offer to say, I'm the only dad you got, boy. Well, I'm glad they got that, that line out of the way early. Yeah. I was like in the first like 30 minutes of the movie. Yeah. And then they were after um, Alfred gets caught in a, in a, mail bomb and he's able to recover i was a little worried i thought they were gonna take alfred out to be honest with you i thought he was a dead man but he was able to survive and so him and bruce have that touching moment inside the hospital where you know they're able to bond like well no where he he scolds him as soon as he wakes up from his coma. well he does scold him because he finds out that his father was doing business with falcone which Which is something that they've taken from the video game. So this is a video game called um, Batman. I think it's the Enemy Within, um, mm-hmm. where basically uh, his parents were were in with mobsters, and he questions Alfred about it in the game. And Alfred's like, "Well, you basically don't get to get be billionaires without having to do some dirty things." So I'm like, "Well, that's true." <laughs> so they're taking. I like that. It's like he. We all, well, let me rephrase that. All of us who have functional, good relationship with our parents, we love our parents and we see them as great, great people and everything, but they're still humans. They make mistakes with us. They make mistakes with other people. And, you know, Bruce's parents died when he was eight. So we always see them as like the shining stars that could do no wrong, but it's like, no, they were flawed people because we all are. And mm-hmm. I, I like that. I like showing like you can love someone and they can make horrible mistakes, but that doesn't mean you have to stop loving them. Not just mistakes, but you know, in the way they portrayed uh, uh, Thomas, Martha. Oh yeah, because apparently she was little cuckoo and crazy, and so she had stays in and out of mental institutions because of her mother her mother i believe killed her father and then committed suicide mm-hmm. and it was covered up and same thing with uh, martha stay inside mental institutions everything was all covered up and there was some reporter that was investigating it on it and um he refused to stop thomas tried to bribe him to get him to stop and he refused and so thomas is the only thing he could do he went to falcone and asked him to shut the reporter up you know non-violently and then falcone just went out there and had the guy killed right which you can't ask a gangster to not (laughs) use violence you're asking a gangster to shut someone up you gotta expect that that person may end up six feet under Uh, and then we get two different uh paths out of that falcone says that uh a, who the rival gangster Marco, it was a marconi falcone uh, said moroni i'm sorry i keep getting messed up but falcone tells bruce that moroni was the one who killed bruce's parents because he didn't want um bruce's father to become the mayor and then become indebted to falcone and meanwhile our um, <laughs> Alfred says that no, no, no. In fact, Bruce, your dad was going to the police to tell them everything what happened, and then Falcone had him killed. 
Mm-hmm. Well, Asher, which one do you think is true? I tend to believe. Uh, I tend to believe Alfred. Me too, but the other one isn't. Um, it's not. You know, inconceivable. Sure. And even like a hybrid where like um, Thomas was going to go tell the police, but um, Maroney either didn't know that or didn't believe him and still had him killed because he thought he was going to become mayor and, and Falcone was going to have him in his pocket. Mm-hmm. Like there are multiple scenarios that are true. We're never going to know the truth. Um that's crazy. Two billionaires got killed in this universe and they never found the killer. <laughs> like, imagine someone just taking out Elon Musk and we never finding out. That's That seems insane. Insane this day and age. Some idiot will be posting with a gun like 25 minutes after the news broke. Call that to a certain uh, convicted pedophile billionaire. I remember what I was going to say earlier when you were talking we, you were talking about the Riddler and going on online and spreading his information that way and I was thinking to myself, the Riddler, he's like Jake Paul, but if only if Jake Paul was 15% more evil and 95% more smart. Right. <laughs> I love the tax, you know, the tactics, I mean the, the clues and um, the online presence that didn't draw enough attention. Mm-hmm to find out where he is or who he is until he was ready to be unmasked. You know, it was his plan all along to get caught and to come face to face with the Batman. Yeah. Basically start a revolution. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to go down, but I'm going to be basically like a, a living martyr for the rest of you people to take up arms and fight the corruption in city hall. Mm -hmm. I, I feel bad for that uh, mayor-elect. Do you remember what her name was? Oh, yeah. No. All right. Let me look it up. Davis something? That's a good... Real. Real? Yeah. I don't remember her first name, but yeah. Bella. Bella Real. Yeah, okay, thanks. Yeah, she's got a lot of work ahead of her to clean up Gotham. And mm-hmm. we saw in the uh, the funeral scene where the everybody goes to the previous mayor's funeral and um, she's there talking to Bruce and basically explaining, telling us that basically explaining to us that, you know, Bruce's parents, big in philanthropy, giving money. Basically, Bruce has done nothing of the same. And so I hope that we see that in the sequel where he, as Bruce Wayne, does more to help the city. Like I said earlier, in in the daytime, you know, helping the city, building programs, working with the mayor's office to make Gotham brighter, and then doing the Batman thing where he's just got to whoop some people's asses. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, one other... Uh, co-star that we haven't talked about yet the Batmobile boy howdy Uh, (laughs) when he revved that thing up 
the theater moved. <laughs> it was a rumble in that there jungle. Best or second best Batmobile on the big screen? Yeah, okay. All right. Are we going to have this? Because I got to say, the Tumblr has grown on me. <laughs> okay. That's fair. I the Tumblr say. will always be in third, fourth, or fifth for me now, especially with this one. Because the original. Michael Keaton one will always have a place for me, mm-hmm. I, you know. Uh, and that's where I, that's where, that's where I'm at. Like that's the fork in the road for me. Is is the Keaton Batmobile the best, or is this new Robert Pattinson Batmobile the best? Because another thing about this, I think the Keaton point, one would be the one that I would like to have. Mm-hmm. But the Patterson one would be the one I would like to drive. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. The first ever conscientious driving bat- Batman. You notice he didn't hit. He hit maybe one car in, in the entire car chase scene. And I think that wasn't intentional. Like It was like was, a, it was the 18-wheeler that, like, you know, the couldn't Riddler, avoid. Yeah, the Riddler. I'm not really, but the Penguin, Penguin calls. But he was zooming, you know, weaving in and out of traffic like, like it was, you know, rush hour on a Friday. Mm-hmm. He was driving. He was driving fast, but not reckless. Unlike other Batman's, where you would see where, oh, he's just gonna hit whoever he can hit. Call, where, yeah, where he causes thousands and thousands of dollars in property damages alone. You know, barreling over cars and things like that. Yeah. Oh, and people, they show the end of the car chase in the uh, trailer where the penguin's upside down and he's walking to the car. Trust mm-hmm. me, it's even better in the trailer. It's so good. Oh, oh, oh. Speaking of which, because I was just thinking about this, the music bangs from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know who did the score. I might have to check, but it was incredible. Okay. Yeah, uh, Michael Giacchino. Oh yeah, he brought his A game because from beginning to end, uh, the music was great. Um, there are some like grunge songs going on too that I recognize. Nirvana. But, yeah. yeah, which fit. I mean, it, it worked with the the gritty, you know, the grittiness of this of this Gotham. And not just only that, but also like the Bruce Wayne that was in the movies. Like, yeah, he seems like a dude that would have Nirvana on 24-7. So I'd asked you before offline, so I'm going to get to it right now. The Riddler, where does he rank among all Batman live action enemies? Uh, gosh, <laughs> he's either second or third because I think I don't think there's any question that the best live action villain was Heath Ledger as yes. the Joker. Agreed, 100%. I think where the real debate is is Paul Dano's Riddler the second best villain, or is, in my opinion, 
is Jack Nicholson's Joker the second best? I I'm going Jack. I I, I can't, see I can't argue with you on that one. Like if you were to definitively say this is the second best villain and then Paul Dano's third, mm-hmm. I, I I'm not gonna I wouldn't argue I'm not gonna argue on that one. And if you want to say that Paul Dano's the second best as well. I don't think I'm gonna argue with you either. Like I really think it's that close and it could really go either way. I think I got Bane up higher than you do as well. No, Dark Knight I Rises. Probably have... Cause that's where I have Riddler. I have him either three or four, depending on where I'm putting a Bane. Because you go back to that movie, Bane had some bars. Yeah. Well, I think now that you know that the Riddler, this Riddler, is is in the picture. I think for me that moves Bane into fourth, and then probably Two Face in fifth spot. Uh, fifth, I think I throw Raza Ghoul. That's a good point too. Yeah, I I would be fine with that too. Because Two Face, Riddler of the uh, Jim Carrey one, Two Face, Jim Carrey, Riddler, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> Mr. Freeze, uh, Thurman. Uma Thurman. Um, yeah, those are all bottom tier. Yeah. Danny DeVito, Penguin. I would put him like in the middle. Like he's definitely higher up than the four we named. Mm hmm. But he he doesn't reach that Bane or Riddler level. I think the the Nolan trilogy, this newest Batman, and the two Michael Keaton Batman movies, I think that's where you those are the villains that you rank one through whatever until you get to the Joel Schumacher movies. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. All right, uh, we're coming up on time right now, so let's just end your podcast. What grade would you give this uh, movie? One through ten. Ooh, I'm gonna give it. Uh... Yeah, man. I'm good. gonna give it an A minus right now. I said and... numbers. You gave me a letter. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that's okay. No, we'll do we'll do letters instead. So A minus. A minus, just so I can have some wiggle room to go watch it again and pick up on anything that I may have missed. Um, which will e- which will then either bring it up to just a full-blown A or maybe even drop it to a B plus. Like maybe there's something that, that I didn't really care for that I kind of overlooked. Um, but I think A minus right now is the way to go for me. You know, I hate when we agree. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I th- I would have to say that either because I'm I'm thinking between B plus and A minus. I really enjoy this movie. Um, I don't know what some of these reviewers are talking about. Like I can understand people who say that it's a little too dark in some places, but mm-hmm. it's still a damn good movie. Yeah, I think the problem is people don't want dark and gritty Batman. They want something different. So they grade it against what they want and so what they're getting. And that's not fair on the movie. Yeah, because then if you if you 
cave into those demands and you get Joel Schumacher. And nobody wants that yeah, no, ever no. again. But I personally, like, I know I'm not going to get the Batman I want because the Batman I want is the family man, the one who has the Bat family around him. Oh, okay. Yeah. The one I read in the comic books every week. Mm-hmm. So that's the Batman I want. I know I'm not going to get that on live action. You know, I can get that in the cartoons and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So you talk about Bat Might as well? No. Bat- okay. Uh, no. I want to see him interacting with his like his adoptive sons and daughters sure. and all that. Yeah. But I know I'm not going to get that, but I'm not going to hold that against this movie. Mm-hmm. Like I knew it was going to be the realistic dark Batman going in and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the hell of it. So I I'm going to give it oh man. You know, no. I'm not going to be a dick about this. A minus. Okay. A minus and B plus but this definitely a minus i like the movie um i i want to see the fact that i want to see a sequel and i want to see what's going to happen in this penguin show mm-hmm. i just can't give it a b minus it it, re- it restored the feeling and i'm so <laughs> i'm like i love this movie it's yeah great movie. absolutely um are you excited about another iteration of the joker Oh, right. Real, yeah, we didn't talk about that. So, yeah, um, there's a scene where the Joker and Rear are talking to each other. This would be, what, the third Joker in the last 10 years? Mm-hmm. Fourth. If you're going 10 years. Or if you're, uh, yeah, no, 10 years. You're right. You're right. Because Heath Ledger was 08. 08? Oh, so, okay. But in the last 10 years, yeah, you've got um, Jared Leto. Joaquin Phoenix and now Barry Keoghan. Okay, Corbin. so that's what four four Jokers in fifteen years. Yeah, I mean it's fine as a um, just a little tease. The directors already come out and said that they don't have any plans to use them in the sequel mm-hmm. or at and that's all. Fine. That's fine, and um, it's exactly like with Marvel owning. Fantastic Four and X-Men again. Don't rush it for the sake of rushing it. Mm-hmm. You've got the characters, you have the time. And more importantly, you got other characters that could use some shine right now. Right. And some redemption. Mr. Yeah. Freeze, Poison Ivy. Uh, you know. And so there's no need to rush that character, even though he's, you know, he is the the all-time, you know, main uh uh, adversary to to the Batman, but we've seen it enough where it's not going to be any better than Heath Ledger mm-hmm. anytime soon. So take your time with it, because maybe you could strike lightning in a bottle. Uh, but there's no need to rush it and and get it out in the very the very next movie. Uh, yeah, because Joker will always be there. Yeah. Yeah. Aren't they doing another Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix? I believe so, yeah. yeah. So I know DC is doing their whole multiverse thing, but enough's enough. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, I enjoyed that movie. Uh, I can't wait for it to come out on DVD. I'll own it. Um, and I hope DC can take this momentum and keep going. Because they showed a trailer 
about uh, with all their movies coming out this year, and it's what Batman, The Flash, Black Adam, and Aquaman. Mm-hmm. And I think I want to see zero of those movies. <laughs> yeah, I think so. You're right. But, uh, you know, I hope they keep going with this. I hope they can keep continuing the momentum because everything's better when we have more good movies out there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, man. You got anything else you want to say? That's all I've got. It was, it was good being able to, you know, having time to digest it and then uh, and then getting it out there, you know, finally talking about it. It's just good. I really haven't it. had a chance to talk to anybody about it. So anybody that's seen it, so. This is deli- it was delicious cinema. Yes. Chef kiss. <laughs> all right. So that's all, that's all for our Batman review. Uh, we'll be back next week talking about something. Um, maybe it'd be the sad baseball news. Did you see <laughs> you see what came out today? Yep. Yeah. Losing uh, some more games. Um, yeah, that CBA isn't gonna be signed until next month. <laughs> yeah. Russell Wilson going to the Broncos. Yep. Aaron Rodgers staying put in Green Bay. Yeah, my girlfriend was uh, very distraught oh, about yeah. that Russell Wilson news. <laughs> Damn near fell out <laughs> last night. Um, this will test her uh, her loyalty to the, t- to the team as they probably go through a rebuild phase. She already told me she's getting ready to buy uh, Russell Wilson jerseys. Okay. So, um, well, that's I get that too. Yeah, that's cool. I had the reminder. Well, at least your quarterback won a Super Bowl, and he wasn't out here being the nasty boy. <laughs> right. Allegedly. Right. Okay, we gotta say that. Protect ourselves. Okay, allegedly. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. All right, let's get out of here. I know you got to go, man. So, uh, like always, uh, thank you guys for listening, sharing, supporting us. We appreciate it. Anthony, always a pleasure talking to you, my friend. Absolutely. And we shall be back next week. For Anthony, I'm De Quincy. Later.